Hey, welcome to the AOL Podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message with Pastor Travis Bennett. Hey, listen, uh, I want to go ahead. I want to invite all the men. We got a retreat coming up April 28th and 29th. And uh, men's retreat. Let me see a show of hands with the men that were there last year. It was great, life-changing. Again, this year, um, Shep will be back ministering. And um, gosh, great man of God. Really enjoyed his ministry. And and, uh, Stephen, I forget what Stephen's last name. McWhorter, McWhorter, I don't know how to say it there, but uh, anointed, I mean super anointed, and so uh, excited, and um, so men, get signed up, there's lots of you told me you're going to come, get signed up, and if you're having trouble with that, come see me, we'll help you out, all right? We're going to start part two of the book of James, and hopefully you did some homework and uh, read through the book of James, because it's pretty easy to do, it's not very long. And if you were here a couple of weeks ago, I'm going to do a recap of that. But uh, it was funny. Last time I, uh, I preached the first part of this, the Lord showed me some things to share out of the book of James. But I gave you all of these great details about his life, of when this book was wrote. And, um, he pastored Jerusalem for 20 plus years. He was known as a wise leader. And Pastor Brandy told me this. She said, uh, she said, she said, you did not bring up that he was the half-brother of Jesus. I said, I can't believe I forgot that. I did. But, you know, as I was thinking about that, have you ever thought about, can you imagine being the half-brother of Jesus? You can? I can't. That would be terrible. All right. Well, I'm just saying from a brother's standpoint, that would be terrible because you're always, you know, you're in competition. My two boys, they are always competing one with one another. And can you imagine, I actually said this in prayer this morning, can you imagine being, being James one day and thinking, I don't want to go to school, so I'm going to fake a tummy ache. <laughs> and Jesus walking in and saying, be made whole in Jesus' name. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Can you imagine if they were playing sports at that particular time and you have a brother that walks on water, why even compete? You know what I'm saying? Can you imagine uh, when, you know, when, when another brother was getting, you know, in trouble, I'm sure that they were looking at Jesus and say, come on, go ahead and get it out. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. I was just thinking about all those fun things that what it would be like to raise, be, be raised with Jesus being your brother. But um, I, I just thought that was kind of funny. Uh, sometimes I have crazy thoughts, but praise the Lord. Um, uh, the first theme last time talking about the book of James, we went over James chapter 1. If you weren't here, you can go back and listen to it. But the first theme that I see from this book is facing life's challenge God's way. How many of y'all know we are all going to have challenges in life and we need to face them the way the Word says? And this is a very practical teaching of the Word of God. And I love the way it starts off. He says, Consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. Be assured that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And if you were here last, uh, last time, just real quick, I talked about why is facing life's challenges God's way important? Because it will determine who you trust for your life. How I many of y'all know we need to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not our own understanding and all our ways acknowledge Him and He will direct our path. Amen. So in these hard moments that we're supposed to consider joy, you make a decision right there. I'm going, uh, I'm, uh, am I going to go to the left 
Or am I going to go to the right? Am I going to handle this on my own? Am I going to take matters into my own hands? What am I going to do? And uh, during those particular times, you're going to see who you're going to put your trust in. Because how many of y'all know, whatever you're going through, I, I love it. I saw the palm branch. I'm sure all of y'all have seen it. I saw it on Instagram. The palm branch. And then it goes to um, all the things that Jesus went through. And says a lot, a lot of things can happen in a week. How many of y'all know you may be going through something right now. And a week from now, you won't even remember what you were going through. How many of y'all know a lot can happen in a week? A lot can happen. This too shall pass. So number one is this. It will determine who you, who you trust for your life. Number two, it will determine the direction of your life. How you face that challenge will determine the direction for your life. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and what? He will flee from you. And uh, so when you give it to God, you'll begin to see the spiritual value of the, ch- of, of the challenge. That, uh, that will keep you full of faith, humble, walking in forgiveness, all of those things. And I want to ask you tonight, are you moving in the right direction right now? Here's the third one, all right? Uh, because it will determine uh, the influence of your life. As a Christian, your life, how many of y'all know is an example? And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. But people are watching how you handle things. And when you go through a rough patch, people are going to watch how you go through it. Especially when you tell them that you're, you're a Christian and you believe the B-I-B-L-E. Uh, your posture and your perspective is going to be seen from the outsiders. There's, um, uh, so what kind of influence are you having on people around you? Is your life pointing people to him? And how are you doing that? And so I talked about some how, how we do that is we adjust our attitude. And then we talked about my attitude, not my circumstances, will give me joy. We talked about um, uh, my attitude will change when I make when I, when I make the choice to change it. How many of y'all been doing that? My attitude will change when I make the choice to change it. And here's the third one: my attitude needs continual adjustment. Amen. How many of y'all know it always does? But tonight, open your Bibles to James chapter 2. I'm going to talk about another point that I see in this book. There's a lot of points, but some that... um, That's the Holy Spirit calling me. In James chapter 2, let's go to verse 14. I'm going to read out of the Amplified, and then I'm going to go to the Passion Translation because I like what it says. But it says, what is the benefit, my fellow believers, if someone claims to have faith but has no works... Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and lacks food for each day, and one of you says to them, go in peace, warm and feed yourselves, but he does not give them the necessities of the body, what good does that do? So too faith, if it does not have works to back it up, is by itself dead, inoperative, and ineffective. But someone may say, you claimed Claim to have faith and, and, and have good works. Show me your elite, um, alleged faith without the works if you can. And I will show you my faith by my works. That is by what I do. Verse 19. You believe that God is one. You do well uh, to believe that. The demons also believe that and shudder and bristle. In all field terror they have seen his wrath. 
So tonight, I want to talk about the second theme from this book of James, very practical book here, is you prove your faith by your actions. You ready? You prove your faith by your actions. Come on, I'm ready to see believers today that don't just talk the talk, but they walk the walk. How many of y'all know a lot of people follow Jesus in theory, but they don't always do it in their actions? I looked up some statistics here. Now, I don't know how Barna gets this kind of stuff, but they do. It says that only one-third of Christians read their Bible daily. Only one-half of Christians serve others and meet other people's needs. Only one-third talk, uh, talk to someone else about Jesus. Only one-half of Christians are classi- uh, classified as non-practicing. Now, how, how does that work? Less than 10% tithe. That's 2.5%. And in the Great Depression, it was at 3.3%. So people who who say they believe, but they have no action. Now I want to read to you in the Passion Translation, all right? James chapter 2 and verse 14. It says, My dear brothers and sisters, what good is it if someone claims to have faith but demonstrates no good works to prove it? How could this kind of faith save anyone? For example, if a brother or sister uh, in the faith is poorly clothed and hungry, and you leave them saying goodbye... I hope you stay warm and have plenty to eat, but you don't provide them with a coat or even a cup of soup. What good is your faith? So then faith that doesn't involve action is phony. How many y'all know that one hurts a little more? How many y'all know there's no such thing as actionless faith? There's no such thing as actionless faith. It's not an idea. Faith is not an idea. It's not a concept. It's not a code to live by or affiliation. Faith is an action. So let's, how many of y'all know we need to prove it? I don't know about you, but I want to prove it. There's two different types of people. People, uh, now I'm going to go a little different direction here. There's two different people as I talk about proving it. There's two different people that show up to a fight. People you don't want to mess with. And then there's others that are hold me back fighters. Hold me back. (laughs) Meaning they don't want the smoke is what they call it today. Pastor Brandy and I was at a wrestling tournament at the beginning of the year. Was it in Lubbock? Or it was at the end of last year. It was in December. And, uh, or was that at the first of the year? Was it in January? You guys didn't even see it. You guys were off in your own world, weren't you? Or did y'all see the fight? Y'all didn't see the fight. They missed it. Oh, y'all had left. I was sad. Okay. Well, anyways, was it January? Was it January, honey? It was in the end of the year in December. I thought so. But anyways, that's not the point. The point is this. There was two, two ladies, two mamas, two mama bears with some, with some uh, wrestling kids. And one mom came to the other mom, and she started poking her in the chest. And she said she started calling her kid other names and all this different stuff. And, she sh- and so the one shoved her, didn't, it? didn't she? She shoved her. Like, let's dance. And so I did the pastoral thing. I sat there with my video camera out, and I was like, this is awesome. This is going on my YouTube channel, all right? And so uh, anyways, she shoves her, and when she does, her husband's walking up behind, uh, behind her, and this girl just stood there like a statue the whole time and took the chewing, didn't she? She's just like, okay, 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 and she shoves her. 
And when she does, she comes alive, and her husband comes around, and she's hold, uh, he's holding her. She's like, let me have her. Let me have her. It was so funny. She didn't want to have anything to do with her until her husband was holding her and says, let me have her. All right? She was saying, uh, hold me back. Hold me back. That's what she was saying. Hold me back. So I'm telling you, in a fight, how many of y'all know there's people that prove it, and there's people that just talk about proving it? There's people you don't want to mess with. You know, I, I haven't, I've been in a handful of fights. Pastor Brandy had uh, some boys I had to run off a couple times when we first got together. But, uh, and I would do it again. But uh, I'll, I, when I was in the eighth grade, my dad was a principal of our Christian school, Longmont Christian School. There was a boy that was in our class. His name is Mike, Michael Johnson, and he was, he was a big boy. And uh, he picked on every one of us. He was actually, he was an eighth grader and I was, I was a seventh grader. And, um, or no, no, he was a freshman and I was an eighth grader. But anyways, he picked and he picked and he picked and he picked and he picked. And I told my friend Ben Crystal, I said, Ben, I said, if he pops off again, I'm going to hit him right in the nose. And he told me, he said, he's way bigger than you. I said, he may be bigger than me, but I'm going to hit him hard. <laughs> I said, but if he gets up, I'm running. I promise you I am. And we were in line. We were at, uh, so it was a small school, so you did a lot of stuff together. And we were in line, and he picked and picked right there in the locker room. And I said, when I get my chance, I said, I'm going to sucker punch him. I told Rudy Clements, I'm going to sucker punch him, but I'm going to hit him as hard as I can. You watch. So anyways, Mike Johnson, he's, he's one over from me. Ben Crystal's standing right here, but Mike's right there. And he's pinching the back of my arm. From, from the other side, he's always picking on me. And y'all, this is what I did. Right there in the middle of PE class, I drop-stepped. I mean, like, right here, way from down low. And I hit him as hard as I could right in the nose. And he fell like Goliath. <laughs> Boom. Hit the ground. And I went, yes! I mean, me and Ben was like, I can't believe you did it. Well, the problem was he got up. I didn't hit him hard enough. <laughs> I mean, he, he, was, he was bleeding. I mean, I hit him so hard. Well, my dad was a principal. Where am I going to go? I ran to his office. I mean, I was running through the halls. And he, came, he said, come back here, you little punk, and all this different stuff. And we got in there. We both, we both got suspended because, uh, um, you know, my dad was a principal, and he loved me, and he didn't want me to be suspended all by myself. But I, 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 hit, him, I hit him as hard as I could. Obviously, not good enough. But this was the problem. I got two friends there. I got Ben Crystal and Rudy Clements, and they just watched me about die. There was three of us and one of him. My, my point is this. There's people that you don't mess with, and there's other people. Here's a funny thing. When we were at the Gateway Conference this year, uh, Robert Morris there in South Lake in Dallas, tons of ministers there, tons. This guy walks up to me, and I knew exactly who he was. He goes, are you Travis Bennett? I said, well, you're Mike Johnson. He said, you remember when you hit me in the nose? I said, I preach about it from time to time. I love the story. He said, what's funny about it? He said, when I was 30 years old, I had done, he'd gotten in a car accident, and his doctor told him, he said, you have severely broken this nose. Do you have a story to tell me? He said, yeah, Travis Bennett, seventh, or eighth grade, hit me in the nose so hard. <laughs> uh, I said, you tell him you, you fell? Did you tell him that part? That's the part I want to know. But uh, we took a picture together at the conference, and, and um, 
I'd fight him now, I'll tell you that. He ain't as big as I remember him. Praise the Lord. But my whole point is this. You know, I was thinking about this. I ran from the fight. There's so many people in their Christian walk with Christ. What I'm trying to say is this. People post. People wear necklaces. But people retreat. When the going gets tough, they run from the fight because it's more about the t-shirt that they wear that says Christian and the, and the necklace around that they wear around their neck with the cross on it. But they don't worship, they don't pray, they don't serve God, they don't give. Jesus said, you honor me with your lips, but their hearts are far from me. See, when we live this way, we miss out on the benefits And if you want the benefits of walking with God, you actually have to walk with God. Is this too hard tonight? Hello, Wednesday night. Are you ready for the word? So I want to talk about it. I'm going to talk about proving it. I want to talk about prove your faith by your actions. Number one is this. To prove it does not mean to earn it. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. Love this scripture right here, and I'm going to break this down. For by grace you have been saved. How many of y'all know what Jesus has already done? We got it. Been saved through faith and is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. We don't have to earn that. Right? It's something that he gave us. I, I taught a message if I had the chalkboard up here. I preached a message a couple years ago called I before E except after C. You know, you, uh, some of y'all remember in that message, but at English, when we spell things, I still do it inside of my head when I'm writing out something that has an I and an E, and it's I before E except after C. How many of y'all still say that inside of your head when you're spelling something? See, it's the same way with us. It's I, I have to, um, like, if, if I'm going to be a plumber, I have to put in the education. I have to do the work before I get the diploma or whatever to become a master plumber. Me becoming a horseshoer, as um, the same work. I had to put in the work. I had to, bows in here, you remember the times where you're just pulling shoes and you just, um, you know, doing whatever the guy asked you to do. And so I had to do all of these things before I could really shoe a horse on my own. And that's how we live our lives, right? That's how the world works. But in Christ, I before E accept after C, after C, after Christ, it's the other way around. He's already done the work, so then you live by it. Man, I hope you get that tonight. If I had the chalkboard, I could really break it down for you right now. We'd be have some God math in here. James is saying, when you believe this, your life changes, is what he's saying. When you believe this, your life changes. If, if Jesus saved you, how could you not worship? If Jesus saved you, how could you not pray? If Jesus saved you, how could you not read the word? How could you not give? It's an overflow of the goodness of God in our lives. Proving our faith by actions isn't trying to earn God's approval. It comes from God's approval. How many of y'all know that's foundational in our walk with Christ? It's not boasting in your actions. It's boasting in the final work that was done on the cross. Amen? We're going to celebrate that this weekend. The final work. How many of y'all know he is risen? So number two. Number one is to prove it doesn't mean to earn it. Number two is this. Proving it starts with obedience. Now I tapped into this a little bit this last weekend. 
But James 1.22, I want to go ahead and read that again because it's a great passage of text since we're in the book of James. It says, but prove yourselves doers of the word, actively and continually obeying God's precepts and not merely listeners who hear the word but fail to internalize its meaning, deluding yourselves by unsounding reasoning contrary to the truth. For if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it, he is like a man who looks very carefully in his natural face in a mirror For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he immediately forgets what he looked like. But he who looks carefully into the perfect law, the law of liberty, which is the word of God, and faithfully abides by it, not having become a careless listener who forgets, but an active doer, he will be blessed and favored by God in what he does. How many of y'all want the blessing? I want the blessing. So the ultimate goal is not to hear God's word. The ultimate goal is not to read God's word. The ultimate goal is not to study God's word. It's to do God's word. Some of y'all miss that. The ultimate goal is not to read the word, study the word. It's not, it, it's not to hear the word. It's to do the word. But how many of y'all know we got to hear the word and read the word and study the word in order to do the word? And obey it. You know, a Christian culture today, uh, you know, from the time when, when I was young, and um, the, the, the culture, I know I've talked about this many times before, if you've been saved for as 30 years, you can see something different in the, in the culture of Christians. The pendulum is, you know, not to get political, but there's a left and a right. But the left, when, when I was young, is probably the right today. You guys get what I'm saying? The pendulum has shifted, and it's the same way in the Christian walk. I mean, there was just things when I was a kid raised in the church. There was things you didn't watch. There was things you definitely didn't say. There were definitely things you didn't do. And it's amazing today what, uh, you know, what people do. So we're going to prove it. Starts with obedience. I want to break down obedience just for a second. Uh, Why do we obey? Number one, I I just wrote down a few things. Number one is this, because God tells us to. Why do we obey? Because God tells us to. 1 Peter 1.14. 1 Peter 1.14. It says, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. Because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. So, why do we obey God? Because He is God and we are not. Come on, it's simple as that. Because God tells us to. Here's another one. Why do we obey? Number two. Or, or talking about obedience. Number two is this. Obedience brings blessing. We saw it right there in James 1.25. And how many of y'all know he knows better than we do? He knows what's best for our lives. I don't know about you, but I want favor and blessing upon my life. How about this? How about we make a choice tonight that we would walk in his results for our life? Another reason. Talking about obedience. Obedience shows God we love him. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 3, it says, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. 
John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. But pastor, I got a bumper sticker and I got a t-shirt to prove my Facebook is legit. Go and look at it. I've got all kinds of Christian comments on there. I've got all kinds of scriptures. I'm just saying my love is, uh, your love will be shown by your obedience to him. Not by crying during a uh, worship set. Not by posting on your Instagram feed. Not by saying over and I say I love you to the Lord more than anybody else. I'm just saying your love will be shown through the obedience to him. How many of y'all know obedience is a heart issue? Because it takes sacrifice in order to, to go against the grain of this world. So how do I do this? How do I walk in obedience? I wrote down a few things about that. Number one is this. Allow the Holy Spirit to convict you. Take inventory of your life. If there's habits in your life, take, take an inventory of your life. If there's a habit, you know that you love more than the Lord. Maybe it's time to take inventory of that and be obedient. Or, or something that you know is wrong and your conscience, the Bible talks about in Timothy, a conscience that has been seared is with a hot iron. Uh, they've become normal. It's time to let the Holy Spirit convict you. Maybe your language has gotten out of control. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's purity. Or, or, or um, lust or, or, yeah, there's another word I was trying, I was thinking of. But uh, maybe, you're, maybe you're not pure. Maybe it's not purity in your life. Can I tell you one of the things? Uh, one of the things that I see this getting out of control with believers, and I don't understand why, but drinking. There's no good that comes from it. I can say that with all confidence. There's no good that comes from drinking. Laziness, slothfulness. Let the Holy Spirit convict you of that. Uh, compromised. You, compromising in areas because you see that it's popular amongst other people. Listen, we're not to obey other people. We're to obey the word of God. <clears throat> Don't ignore that conviction of the Holy Spirit because it's the grace of God wanting to see you succeed. I'm going to say that again. Don't ignore that conviction of the Holy Spirit because it's the grace of God that wants to see you succeed. Are you hearing me tonight? Well, pastor, nobody's perfect. That's true. How many of y'all believe that? You know how many times I've heard that? Well, nobody's perfect. That is true. But it's not a license not to honor the Lord. It's not a license not to honor the Lord. All right? Number two is this. Write this down. Number one, how do I, how do I obey? Number one, allow the Holy Spirit to convict you. Number two is ask God to help you. How many of y'all know He will give you the strength? And he will give you the power. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. It says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. How many of y'all know his strength is limitless and his power is too? So let's ask, the, let's ask God to help us. Number three is this. Get accountability. You know. We live in this, uh, this world today. Everybody's a bully. And, um, which I'm thankful for bullies in my life. Bully stretched me. 
bullies made me who I am today. I'm thankful for them. But it just seems like we're trying to really make kids. I'm, I'm not saying there's bullies out there that are definitely a problem. But I'm saying there's this weak mindset that everybody is judging me. Can I tell you this as your pastor? Let me tell you. You need somebody in your life that will judge you. You need somebody in your life to tell you what you're about to do is stupid. Come on. Are you hearing me tonight? The decision that you're about to make, I can already see that you're about to make this. It is the dumbest thing you could ever do in your life. A, a friend who cheers on disobedience is not a true friend. I'm so thankful. Aren't you thankful for people of accountability in your life? Amen? Wives, hallelujah. God bless you. It is not good if you have a friend that says, you know what? You, you just do you. You is a problem. You're like YOLO. You only live once. Well, read the Bible. I actually live twice. Depends on how you live the first time. How many of y'all know this right here, what I'm talking about, this is walking the walk, people. This is walking the walk. I'm not trying to uh, scare you off tonight, but I'm trying to stretch you a little bit. How many of y'all know we need to be more obedient? Come on, how many of y'all know we need to be obedient? You know, it's just like this. We get on to our kids when we say, all right, I want you to take out the trash and I want you to mop the kitchen. If they take out the trash only, were they being obedient? And lots of times we do the same thing. We may whip our kids for being disobedient, for half-heartedly doing it. But how many of y'all know if we're going to be a doer and obedient of the word of God, we've got to do all that it says to do. Are you hearing me? All that he's asked us to do. Here's the third thing that I want to talk about proving it tonight. So we prove it. We pr uh, to prove it does not mean to earn it. Proving it starts with obedience. And number three is this. Prove it by doing a good work daily. Prove it by doing a good work daily. All right. I'm going to give you a challenge. How many of y'all know we are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus? I'm going to say that again. How many of y'all know we're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus? It's a testimony to the world of the goodness of God. Uh, how many of y'all, I, I want to be, let's be the goodness of God uh, to someone else. Let's be the kindness of God to somebody else. Let's be the generosity of God to somebody else. Let's be the love of God to somebody else. Sometimes the answer to prayer is a person. How many of y'all know we need to say, if God, if you can use anyone, you can use me. And sometimes the prayer, you know, um, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.20, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about for the body is not one member, but many. It talks about us being the hands and feet of Jesus. You know, there is something that you can do. You know, I, I'll never forget this. Years ago, um, y'all remember the bad accident that happened in Panhandle, Texas, of the, uh, the two trains that collided and hit one another? 
it was terrible. Well, one of the guys that was on there, I'd known, I've, I've known the family my entire life uh, through my aunt and uncle. And when I went to the house to be with them, I mean, it was tragic how terrible that was. You know, there was nothing left of their bodies or anything. It just burned them completely up. The family was there. And uh, my Aunt Donna, she said this, sometimes I've learned that it's not what you say, it's what you do. And she went there, and she went into every room, and she found laundry baskets, and she started doing all of their laundry. She may have not said one word to, to I, I know she did. She hugged them. She loved on them. But how many of y'all know, sometimes you don't have any words to say. It was just being there that made the difference. That is being the hands how many of y'all know we as the church need to be the hands and feet of Jesus? I'm just giving you examples like that because what if AOL was full of people that were full, uh, that were the hands and feet of Jesus? For our city, for our state, for our county, for our community. What if AOL was full of people that were the hands and feet of Jesus? Because... We have plenty of people here, but we also have plenty of Christians in the world today that say they are a Christian. But you know what? I'm just here to tell you tonight, the roster is full of sayers. The roster is full of bumper, bumper sticker Chris, Christian fish people. The roster, I'm, they're not taking any more applications. Are you hearing me? We're not taking any more applications of people say that they're Christ. We're, we're, we're now taking applications of people that want to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. That walk the walk. Not only talk the talk, but they walk the walk. I was just thinking about ten good things that you could do. You know, one, one good thing is this. Pay for somebody's meal. If you're able to do that. If God puts it on your heart, you're inside somewhere, and you see some people. Uh, we, we've done this many times before. We... Pay for their meal. Um, here's another one. Serve in church. That is a good thing to do. Serve in the house of God. Like we have so, so many places. One of the things that we have is we, we uh, look at Jennifer. She does absolutely everything. Give Jennifer a hand tonight. She's awesome. She's running the camera. She also said, you know what, Sunday, if you ain't got nobody to run the computer, I'll run the computer. Listen, this is crazy. We have so many people that... You're some sayers out there. It's time to be some doers that could run the computer. It's very easy to do. You come see us. We'll, we'll, we'll put you to work. All right? Serving the church. It's a good thing. Number three is this. Maybe get flowers or a gift for a coworker or a friend going through a struggle. We all know somebody. My, um, I, I won't get ahead of myself, but how many of y'all know, uh, like we just... We had a hard day on Monday with Chloe, with our dog. Remember last week I was here and told you guys that we were about to be grand puppies. Well, Monday she, she leaked a placenta. And uh, anyways, we took her to the vet. And uh, we, we should take up an offering for that, honey. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm kidding. You guys know I'm joking, right? I joke all the time. Uh, but anyways, our beloved Chloe, she had one puppy in there. And she slept the puppy. And it was, it was terrible. It was tragic. And um, um, so anyways, our neighbors today brought over some flowers. And how many, just stuff like that. People know that you care. That's being the hands and feet of Jesus. Here's number four. I put this one down. I think this is the Spirit of God. Babysit someone else's kids for free. <laughs> hey, 
<laughs> you bring Ace in my house anytime you want to. He can tear up my house. I don't care. How about this one, Christians? Leave an amazing tip. Amen? A DJ will tell you, the worst tippers are the people getting out of church at noon. How many of y'all know God's blessed us? Let's bless somebody else. Let's leave an amazing tip. Here's another one. This is something that I like to do. Uh, some of y'all have probably got some cards from me, but I love to send a card. Just tell them that you're, you're, you're thinking about them. Uh, that's something good to do. Here's another one. Invite someone to church. Here's another one. I don't know why I put that. I was thinking of Pastor Shannon when I put this on here. I was thinking of the guys from Life Challenge. Help someone move. You know, when they call and say, you know it's a bad deal. It's bad in my heart. I feel so bad when somebody calls and said, hey, do you have a truck? I'm like, no. <laughs> I feel like lying because I know what the next part is. Can you come over with it? Oh, praise the Lord. But how many of y'all know we're blessed to be a blessing? It's the hands and feet of Jesus. My point is this. If you think of something to serve or how to serve someone, do it. Amen. Let's be Christians that walk out our faith. Let's be believers that walk out our faith. I don't know about you, but I want to be a believer that walks out my faith. I want people to see me uh, in the grocery store before they even know uh, um, anything about me. I, I want them to, I, just the way that I conduct myself, that I'm a believer. How I many of y'all know it should show by our actions? If you're grouchy in the vegetable aisle, you need to start being happy. All right? I would sing you the, the Ray Stevens Streak song about being over there by the fruits and vegetables, but I'm not going to. Wearing nothing but a smile. How many of y'all know we ought to be wearing our smiles? Amen? Come on. Can we be the hands and feet of Jesus? I'm going to say it one more time. Can we be the hands and feet of Jesus? Let's be the hands, let's, be, let's, let's, let's prove it to the world that Christ has changed us, changed our lives. Amen? Did you get something out of the word tonight? I hope you did. All right. Prove it does not mean to earn it. Proving it starts with obedience and proving it by doing something, uh, some good work daily. There's something good that we can do. Amen? Amen. That's one thing that we always try to do. There's times when our kids are not heads. Every day. I mean, y'all, I mean, y'all come on, you, you parents out there, you have the moments where it's like, all I have done today is get on to them. Well, Pastor Brandy, but there is moments where even I come home and says, you know, Here's the paddle. I was like, thanks. I don't even know what's going on. But I, I whipped the hardest, so I'll do it. All right? Praise the Lord. <laughs> and, uh, but we always make a point, just like last night. Crawled up, up upstairs in bed with them two boys and just, you know, told them how much I loved them and proud of them and all that different stuff. How I many of y'all know we need to be that parent? Amen? Build each other up. Let's do that with every, we. Everybody gets enough knocked down by the news and all kinds of stuff that's going on. We might as well people that encourage one another. Lift each other up. 
Come on, let's, let's be the love of God to somebody else. Let's be kindness to somebody else. Let's be the goodness of God to somebody else. Amen? Well, next first Wednesday, I'm going to continue in James chapter 3, talking about taming the tongue. All right? Oh, boy. Y'all ready for that? Amen. God, we thank you for this time together. I just pray, Lord, that as your word went forth, I pray, God, that we would have eyes to see through your spirit, God, of that person inside of that restaurant that just needs needs a believer, that needs Jesus. God, I pray that you would give us eyes through our spirit to see it. I just pray inside of our homes that we walk the walk in our everyday life, that we would be, we would walk the walk. We would work the word in our lives, be doers of the word. And God, I pray that we would continue to see the blessing in every area, Lord, as we work the word in our lives. God, I just, uh, uh, I, I lift up these people to you. I pray that as they leave from here, I pray your angel protection over them. Keep them in all their ways that no evil befall them, no weapon for and against them shall prosper. Bear them up in their hands lest they dash their foot against the stone. I pray that you would, um, what, I pray to God inside of their families that you supply all of their needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I will say to the Lord that you are their refuge, you're their fortress, and you, God, they put their trust. God, I just pray that you would move mountains, God, that need to be moved. Lord, we worship you for it tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio, through the website arenaoflifechurch.org, or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.